Hello, and welcome to the Bubbly and Baseball podcast, hosted, as always, by Ed Hand and Bailey Von Schneider. If you love drinking sparkling adult beverages, and you also happen to love baseball, then we would love for you to join us every Sunday. So, without further ado, here are Bailey and Ed. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we took uh, last week off in uh, observance of Hanukkah for Ed. Even though it's still going on, he's willing to come on and chat with us because, holy shit. <laughs> I'm going to explain something with Hanukkah real quick. First night's the only one that actually matters as far as celebrating it. And really, it didn't become a big holiday until the like, 1900s when a lot of Jews started emigrating to the U.S. And we were really upset that we couldn't get all the presents as well, so, it was so you're like, like well, what falls on that time of year? Mm. I guess it got this holiday where everybody tried to kill us and then they failed to, and then it's kind of like, well, that's like ninety percent of your holidays, and the one that's actually closer to Christmas. Christmas feels spirit. right. Yeah, no, it was just chronologically the one closest to Christmas. The one that's actually <laughs> like give gifts and stuff happens in March. Like, who wants to celebrate a holiday in March? It's the March, month. right? Yeah, because one of my friends who is Jewish always did. You like, he's like. Yeah, this isn't even, like, the holiday. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> like, it's like legitimately, like, fifth or sixth in, like, the hierarchy. Of, of your holidays. I just couldn't. So the main reason I couldn't record with it is because that's the only night that I actually see my family for it. Yeah. So, so uh, well, it was like, I didn't, yeah, I and I appreciate you for being so considerate on that. Oh, basically. Absolutely. Like, you know, like, I think we were talking about this before, but I, my dad works in Italy for about half the year. My sister lives in Mexico City, so we're just not all in the same place at the same time a lot. Yeah, uh, and it's good to be, and I'm glad you can be, especially with COVID, so, like, that's really good. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. So, happy Hanukkah, everybody. But uh, Yeah, as, happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. As you were alluding to, holy fucking shit. Yeah, holy fucking shit was... Yesterday, I mean, everything's been crazy, but yes, last, last night, like, at the, like, right before the lockout, like, it felt like immediately before. <laughs> so, ba- Bailey has a, we're going to start with the buzzer beater trade that the Red Sox made at the very end of it, oh. but Bailey uh, has a story that, um, I'm just going to let you know now, we're not drinking this episode, because we are so drunk on, on baseball stuff right yeah. now, but... Why, why don't you take it from here? Yeah, so last night I had two of my friends over, and we were like, because we're these people, we're like, we're going to watch Pitch Perfect 2 and 3 and get really high, because I despise the third Pitch Perfect. Like, I hate it. I hated it even, like, I I, I did, it, it made it worse high. Like, I didn't even, like, enjoy it. But anyway, so, like, they're over, and I'm, like, kind of high at this point. But then they leave. And it was, like, they left probably around, like, 11.30 my time. So I'm, like, late to all of this news. And by the time they leave, I am, like, so gone. It's just, like, okay, of course, I'm always just gone when people leave. So I'm, like, I'm going to go on Twitter, open it up. And I was just not believing what I was reading. Because I just, like, first of all, it's, like, I'm in the group chats that I'm in. And I just see, like, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s name come up. And I'm, like, why are we talking about Jackie Bradley Jr.? What is this? Why? And then I'm like, we traded for Jackie. I'm like, he's back. And like Ed was saying before we recorded, like, back this fast doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense. It's so wild. So what 
I guess what was the part that was the most unbelievable to you, though? Like about that, was it like what what made it like aside from being stirred? Like, what was your thought process with this? Okay, so my thought process is like I love Jackie Bradley Jr. as a person. He seems like an amazing man, an amazing husband, an amazing father. But the inconsistencies in his game have like killed me to my core. Like it's the best defense. I've probably ever seen in center field and the inconsistency at the plate, literally like, I don't, I just, I don't know what I want to like get in a plane and like kamikaze it. Like, I don't know. Like, this is, <laughs> like, so him leaving, I felt like a pressure came off me. There was like an elation of like, I don't have to deal with this again. And now he's back almost immediately. But I do understand that most likely it'll be as like the fourth outfielder. So sort of that, like, I don't know, it's a, sort of just being like, okay, he's gone. Like, the ink, like as much as I was, like, a, a proponent of Rodriguez last year, and I still am, and I think he's going to be really good for Detroit, there's also the inconsistency in that, too, that I'm like, oh, okay, so I don't have to deal with the inconsistency. So, like, that's <laughs> off my chest. And, like, I thought I got that with Jackie, and now he's back in my life again. It's like when you break up with a boyfriend, and you're like, do I, am I, maybe we're hanging out again? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, like, it feels like that. I felt like I had this, like, breakup, and then we're kind of hanging out again, but I'm, like, not sure how I feel about about it because like that's the thing is like, I really really like him as a person but as like a baseball player but if if he's not but then again I don't trust Cora to not play him a lot like there's also that too Rick does have a lot of loyalty to his veterans yes. and I could see a situation emerging where um uh Kike ends up moving to second base Oh, yeah. Especially if Christian Arroyo does what he just can't help but do. Love the guy, but he <laughs> just cannot stay healthy. You really can't. It's it's wild how but unlucky that guy is. It's, you know, after, I, I feel like staying healthy to an extent is a skill. I think that mm -hmm. there are some guys just being able. That's why, and I think I've said this about Marcus Simeon, my favorite thing about him is that the guy plays 162 games. He really does play every game. That's and crazy. Him and Freddie Freeman both like mm. are just are just the best at that. Um, but the trade, so mm -hmm. the trade was um, the Red Sox traded Hunter Renfro, who yes. um, was a bit of people forget that he was a bit of a roller coaster this year, and he had a, a, an excellent season. I don't oh, think anybody yes. would argue that this was the best season of his career. He absolutely outplayed the contract they signed him for, mm -hmm. which is why he was getting he's getting a huge raise in arbitration. But he also led outfielders in errors. Yep. He led them in uh in a, in assists too though, so he made up for the defensive lapses. But he struck out a lot. He had some months where he was the best hitter on the team and he had some months such as October when he was mm -hmm. probably the worst. And, you know, like you said with Jackie Bradley Jr., it's sort of that same roller coaster inconsistency. Mm -hmm. That's not that's not a knock on Renfro, but I don't think that he was necessarily going to be a core part of this team moving forward. Like, do you think could you imagine a scenario where the Red Sox gave him like a five year extension? No, this is exactly the scenario that I, I thought was potentially going to happen. Like, truthfully, I thought that it was like and this is brilliant. This is why High and Bloom is brilliant. It's like. I got him off the scrap heap and I built him up 
and then I got a great trade. And then I know, Ed, because you're a Sox prospect guy, you can probably talk more about the pieces that we're getting outside of Jackie Bradley Jr. Like, Jackie Bradley was the salary part of this. It was the salary dump to get the better players, and it's hilarious that, you know, the Red Sox are taking on that contract. It's proving to me, though, they're going to spend. Like, we're not done. It's December 2nd. We'll get into the lockout later. But, like, this is just, like, like I saw somebody tweet it, and I thought it was actually, like, a pretty good analogy that, like, we're, we have most of dinner, but we don't have our entree yet. And I was like, that's actually pretty good. Like, we've got yeah. the salad, we got the stuffing, we got the sides, but we don't have the turkey yet. I think I retweeted that, actually, yeah. with my version of how dinner got interrupted. Yeah. So it's uh, so true that it's like we're we're not done yet, and this is a very intriguing thing that's happening, and it's helping to shore up the defense. Oh, very much so. Like, you just got the best center fielder back, and defense – was dog shit. I'll tell you, sure, yes, we know Kike was great in center, but like, still, it's like you can move Kike to right. You can move Kike, like you can move yeah. Kike to like in back to second. Like, you you got the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Back. Yeah, yeah, you do, and he's not he's not necessarily going to start, but even having that presence in like you know you can put him in the eighth inning or something yep. like that. You can use him against matchups that he's going to be able to hit well then. Um, but also, the prospects that, as you alluded to a minute ago, like, those are legitimate prospects. This wasn't, this heard. was similar to the Adovino trade, if anything, mm-hmm. from last year. Adam Adovino was essentially bought for a prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was basically, we'll take your $8 million, give us a prospect. Um, and these two are a lot better than the guy they got with that. So the first, He's um so he's technically rated higher right now, but when these rankings came out, um it was mid season and mm. things have changed since then. So David Hamilton is twenty four years old and he's one of the players that's gotten screwed over a little more so than most by what happened in twenty twenty. Mm. Uh because he was drafted in twenty uh twenty nineteen and didn't really end up playing in 2020. Uh, he played in an independent league where, you know, he did fine, as you would expect from a, from a college player. He mm-hmm. went to University of Texas at Austin. Okay. And then in 2021, he actually never played, even in low A. He started in high A, where he did pretty well. He um, And then he got moved up to double A by the end of the year. So his combined stats, he hit 258. 341 on base percentage, 419 slugging percentage. So that's 19 doubles, 11 triples, 8 home runs. Now, here's the impressive part. 52 stolen bases Mm. in 61 attempts. Holy shit. So you look at that triple total. The fact that he had 8 home runs and has that kind of speed tells me that there might be something, uh, there might be a nice little speed-power combination there, because power generally develops as you get older and more experienced, and he's a little bit older. He's 23 years old. He'll be 24 next year. Mm. Um, But that he did those two things, and he plays shortstop and second base, I see a potential, like, utility player there, but one that can really give the Red Sox something that they don't have right now, which is speed off the bench. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I heard that he has some crazy speed. He also played in the Arizona Fall League and did pretty well there. He hit, oh, uh, he, great. So that, that he got selected to go there is also an indicator that he's, you know, he's a real prospect. Yeah, no, that's really good because that's what we need. Like, we need because, like, you – like, people are going to say, oh, does is he just hoarding them like, you know, maybe Charrington did? It's like, I don't think so. I think he's building to just something bigger and we're, we have to wait for it. 
longer than, you know, we've ever had to wait. But it's coming, I think. I think so, too. But here's the funny thing. Hamilton isn't the centerpiece of the trade, and neither is Jackie Bradley. It's this other guy that they got mm-hmm. in it, and that's Alex, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Alex uh, Benellis. Oh, yes, yes. So yes, he, he was, um, I thought, the Louisville guy, right? Yep, yep, the guy out of Louisville that showed up on uh, Section 10 last night at, like, a half hour after the trade happened or something <laughs> like that. That's some, like, impressive uh, getting a guest on. <laughs> I, don't, I get the feeling that, like, he was already a fan of the show. Probably. Like, oh, Boston Carabas is a Boston guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hell of an entrance, though. Um, mm. Anyway, he was somebody that was seen as having first round talent, and then he didn't do that well. Uh, his he got hurt when he's when he was twenty, and then when he was twenty one, he had kind of a mediocre season. So he got drafted in the third round, and people weren't sure that, that uh, uh, the Brewers. We're going to be able to afford him. They ended up paying him $700,000. Starts the year in, uh, like, rookie ball. Gets off to, you know, an okay start. They move, but after seven games, they move him up to low A. And he goes absolutely batshit bananas for the last mm. month of the season. 314 batting average, 379 on base percentage. What? 636 slugging percentage. The guy hit nine home runs and 11 doubles and 132 plate appearances. Holy shit. Yeah, now, the walks and strikeouts, 12 walks, 33 strikeouts, mm. you know, like, strikeouts That's are probably- It really is, that seems to, if you're going to strike out 200 times a year, give me the 2017 season of Aaron Judge, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the kind of guy that I don't necessarily, because the Red Sox have somebody very similar to him in the system already, and that's Blaze Jordan, who's a little mm. bit younger, this guy's 21, Jordan is 18, uh, this guy uh, is at, um, uh, Benellis is at um, high A, or low A right now. He'll be in high A to start next year. Oh, yeah. And Jordan is probably going to start in uh, low A Salem. And they're similar in that they're neither of them is really considered a natural third baseman, but they're both playing there. Mm-hmm. You have two high-quality prospects at the same position. That's how you end up being able to afford to trade for pitching or to fill in some Absolutely. And that's what I think people are underlooking. And that's what people are forgetting about Dombrowski. The issue wasn't that he was trading prospects. People trade prospects all the time that are successful. The issue was that he ran out of his arsenal. He didn't have enough prospects by the end of it, so he had to settle for guys like Andrew Kashner who really weren't able to make make a big difference. You've got to hoard the top guys, but you still have to have enough left that you can trade when you need someone. Yeah, no, that's why when he made like the trade for Chris Sale, he had more in the cupboard. Like, you know, you can say goodbye to Moncada when you have Devers, but then the problem is Devers gets promoted and you need more subsequent Devers. So that's why you stockpile, really. Exactly. And, you know, injuries are going to happen. Players, you know, the people that say that prospects aren't worth anything until they actually prove that they're prospects, they're not 100% wrong, but you still need them. You know what I mean? You still need to have a strong system so that when you do... When a team is collapsing and they need to start restocking their minor league system, you can you can make that trade. That's why you make the trade. The people that are saying, like, oh, well, why don't we tra- – this guy's our top prospect. Why don't we trade Tristan Cassis for Anthony Rizzo? There's a reason you can't do that. It's an imbalance <laughs> quality. Oh, my God. And imagine you trade Tristan Cassis and then you still don't win the World Series. I'd still be pissed if we won the World Series and we traded Tristan Cassis. 
I still pissed if I'm the Yankees and I trade two guys from our system for Anthony Rizzo and they don't make the play- and they get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Right. Like look oh. at all the trades the Yankees made, and they did. And that's the thing: who the person who wins the trade deadline and the people that win free agency, they very rarely go on to win the World Series. Look at the have the San Diego Padres ever won a World Series? Mm-hmm. I they, know you're they, right. You know, like that was the issue with Ben Sherrington. He tried to win the, the offseason one year. The year that he actually won the World Series, nobody was talking about it. He gave like three-year deals to Shane Victorino and Mike Napoli, and it just worked wow. out. Right? They were just that's under the radar. Koji. Yeah. No. Yeah. He like that's when he like made the smart things that ended up being beneficial. And then when he's like, I gotta spend the money. I gotta get Pablo Sandoval, and I gotta like, and I'm just like, oh my god, just still thinking about that. And then yeah, that was it. The year before that he got Hanley, or was it the same, same offseason? Year. It was oh the my same god. Year. It was Hanley yeah. and Sandoval, and I just remember they were just talking about the marketing with Pablo, and it was kind of like. Didn't we just go through this issue with, like, switching third baseman? Didn't we just swap from Middlebrooks to Eucalys? Why are we – what are we doing here? Yeah. It was not the best. And, like, I have no problem – like, to me, Hanley, that's – that was – it was Pablo is the issue. To me, Hanley did, like, pretty much everything we could have asked. We put him in goddamn left field. Like, <laughs> I I have a soft spot for Hanley. He yeah, did have he, that good year at first base. Yeah, and he really wanted to come back to Boston too. Like that, yeah. like he really wanted to. So like, I have no hard feelings on Hanley. Pablo, a whole other fucking. That's <laughs> a whole other thing. <laughs> I don't hate Pablo. I think that he just was never going to be a good fit here. It's like, you, you know, you know, like it's just like the whole thing was just why. You know when people like you talk like like you see someone oh Red Sox couldn't have possibly countered that offer it's like well no they theoretically could have paid him more money sure but might not have been a good fit here yeah you just don't know that's the problem too it's like everybody's talking about like Correa and it's like oh yeah he's gonna go to the Yankees I'm like I don't know if he's a fit in New York I just don't know like he kind of has the like I don't like I'm a like the villain personality that might work, but I just don't think fans are gonna like him. So, I honestly think that Korea, because of his relationship with Cora, would be and his and his personality, I think he'd be a good fit in Boston. Oh, I just probably don't kill him here. I don't want to have to root for him. I think he'd be yeah. great in Boston. Oh, he'd probably be fantastic. If he goes to the Yankees, I can I can just feel justified if I still hate him. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no. Like, um, the core, the core is the X factor. Uh, core is the Cora, and whether or not you want to hand out what probably ten three fifty. But then, like, I don't know, like, especially with that, I don't think you're going to be paying him thirty five per because I think you would be figuring out whether or not there's a signing bonus or whether or not there's deferred money because thirty five per is like a, that's a huge bit of your payroll, <laughs> you know. No, that's a that's a, a fat chunk of it. Um. And it's also just interesting in terms of what Bloom has – the moves Bloom has made so far. So yeah. we can, there have been, I think, three signings now that he's made, three major league signings. I'm not going to count uh, bringing back Michael Thelitz on a minor league deal. So oh, yeah. Get Kristen Stewart or Rob Snyder. We're going to see those guys a ton in spring training. I'm going to be seeing them a ton because I'm going to be in Worcester a lot next year. Mm-hmm. But, You'll get you know, <laughs> for the majors, three relevant moves. The first one, Michael Waka. What did you think of the Michael Walker signing, Bailey? Uh, like, I, I said you need more, but obviously we know you need more, but, like, that's fine. Like, it's an upgrade. It's our, You already have an upgrade from what you had in 2021. Like, Michael Walker is 
infinitely better than Martin Perez. Like it's, it's not, not even close. It's not absolutely. And there was one time in Michael Walker's career where he was a goddamn stud. Like oh, oh yeah, you remember uh, 2013? The Red Sox beat him up in the World Series, but his he first few years with the Cardinals, yeah, he was a good pitcher, and he's still it, he's not going to be throwing like 97, 98 miles an hour, but he's still hitting 94 on that fastball. Yeah, ball. no, he still has a pretty decent fastball, and then they. They, I'm not sure exactly what it was that they did, but they did sort of, he did drop a pitch, I think it was, yep. and had better peripherals going for the rest of the season. I read that the second half, he dropped his cutter out of the equation. Is that what it was, the cutter? And his ERA dropped to like, I think it was 3.24 for like his last 35 innings or something like that. But I actually saw him pitch, so I went to a game this year, I don't think it was the home, it wasn't the home opener, but it was like the second home game against Tampa. And, they Waka started, and for, like, the first five innings, he was pitching, I think he was against Pavetta, and they were really dueling it out, like, Waka was striking out everybody. I think he must have had, like, seven or eight strikeouts that game. Mm. And then they got to him after, like, the fourth inning, and, you know, it ended up being, like, this, like, this, this was, like, when they were first going on that tear at the, after the, losing the three against Baltimore to start yeah. the season. But, um, it... I did think he looked bad, and throughout the season, you know, he ended up with, like, a 5.05 ERA. I don't know if I would trust him as, like, Erod's replacement as a number three guy. Exactly. Uh, That's the thing. He's not the replacement. No. But as a number five guy, as a number six guy who could also pitch, I bet you he'd be a good reliever. Like, yeah, that's the thing. He could. He might not even be the, the Martin Perez replacement. He might be the Garrett Richards replacement, but... Garrett Richards at the end of the season, not the beginning yes. of the season. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is that, like, Waka fits in multiple roles, potentially. It was $7 million. Like, come on. Like, Andrew Heaney got more frigging money than Michael Waka, <laughs> and I'd rather Michael Waka. Like, honestly. What incriminating photos does Andrew Heaney have just to be able to continue getting his, these big league gigs when he's not – like, I get that he's left-handed, and that'll give you a job in the majors yeah. until you're, like, in your 50s, but... Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. We have an old lefty. <laughs> we can get into that right now. Actually, yeah. we got two new lefties. Uh, why yeah. don't, you know, why don't we do the, young, the younger... Younger. Lefty, he's not that... Team. He's 33, so he's not exact... He's still older than Waka, but... Uh, yeah. James Paxton. Good. Weird contract. Yeah. I'm actually super excited about the potential of this one. I like the fact that there's those two years because he's gonna, he's gonna, he's on like the path that Stale was on, like, cause they had surgery in and around the same like time frames a year separate from each other, but he'll probably be available like in August, like August, maybe, maybe all-star break. So maybe like late July potentially. So I don't expect him to be like amazing. I expect just like the same way sale was feeling it out. This is for the future. This is for 2023 and 2024 to have maybe who was before injury. Yes. Injuries are major factors, but before that injury, arguably one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball. Like when the Yankees traded for him, I was pissed. I was like, fuck. I was like, they got Paxton? I was like, oh. And then, of course, he wasn't, he was injured there. And then, you know, unfortunately, he goes back to Seattle and immediately blows his arm out. <laughs> but in that, like, one inning, he looked good. So I'm very excited about what this could be come 2023 when, you know, the Red Sox are potentially in a championship window and you have somebody like him being your three. If that's your three and he's healthy, shit, that's great. 
Paxton is a fascinating pitcher because he's been, prior to 2020, he had never had an ERA above four. His highest ERA was 3.90, and that was, uh, he only pitched 67 innings this year, that year. But here's the thing, he's also never pitched above 160 innings. Yeah, so maybe the arm is fresh. (laughs) Well, that's, I wonder if, like, the Tommy John is something that he just needed to do a long time ago. Could have been. And they're just, everybody's getting them now. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you, you know, it takes a year to come back and, I, I don't know if he's going to – he's certainly not going to be 100% the first year, but Sale was an effective reinforcement for the rotation for a bit. Yeah. 2023 yeah. is where he makes his real money, though. Sorry to mean to cut you off. No, no, no. no. I just I, – I couldn't agree more. And we saw that last start that Sale made. If Sale can bounce off of that into 2022, that's great. And then, yeah, you potentially have a weapon, you know, the last half of the season with bringing in – like. Like, bringing in Paxton, I, I'm really excited for. And then, yeah, you control him. And, like, Lou Merloni was saying, like, he, like, came on and, like, I, I agreed with him. He's like, everybody's out there, like, bitching. Like, oh, the Red Sox. He's like, this isn't a small market move. He's like, you're paying this dude $10 million to barely pitch. And then yeah. you have him for three years. They're like, this is potentially a three years of James Paxton. They're like, small market teams don't move, do this kind of move. So, like, pretty much shut up. Like, <laughs> like you know, and I was like, that's so true, though. I go through periods where I absolutely hate Lou, but he's also the only, like, listenable person on WBEI at this point. Yeah, like, there are some, like, there's some things he tweets, and I'm like, oh, I don't agree with these views. But, like, when it comes to, like, baseball, like, he's usually, like, spot on. Completely agree with you there. Um, so, yeah, I like I like the Paxton signing. I also think yeah. just as far as pure stuff goes, if you match, if, if he's pitching like he did in, you know, like, I'm not saying he's going to because this would have been his prime, but, like, you know, like, 28-year-old Paxton a few years ago, he was better than Eovaldi. Yeah. So you have a guy who could reach back and find that, that the stuff that he used to have. I mean, that's dangerous, having him in sale, and a, a healthy sale at the front of your rotation. Now, both, I think they're the same age, aren't they, Paxton and Sale? Sale might be 32, so Sale might be a year, a year, because I think Sale's, in and around our age. I'm going to look. Uh, Paxton just turned 33 last month. Okay. Bottom. Okay, and I think Sale uh, may have turned 32 in March. Uh, he is... More bio. Let's see here. How old is Chris Sale? Uh, he's going to be 33 in March. Okay. So, yeah. He'll, so, they'll both be 33 next season. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. For so, I they're think, going uh, to yeah. their 33 season. Okay. So, yeah, this is mean, a compliment. Yeah, I'm excited about, like, I was really excited about that. I was just like, you know, there's just, the, the it's the impatience of this of this fan base. It's not seeing the five to ten to eight year contracts. But then we go back and we talk about the idea of, like, when Charrington finally gave his big contracts out, they sucked. Like, we yeah. don't want, we want these to be smart moves. We want to to hire him to make the the right moves. The perfect example is Andrew Friedman didn't get out a major contract until Mookie Betts, and that was in 2020. Like, you know? What's amazing about the Dodgers is that they've lost uh, Seager. mm -hmm. They lost Bauer. They lost Scherzer. Does anybody doubt that they're going to be in contention for the best record of the National League next year? They're still going to be amazing next year. Because the smart thing that they're like, okay, 
Scherzer, like, I get them being like, all right, Mets, you can overpay. Like, you know, you thought you had Bauer last year when it came to overpayments, but we stole him. You can have the overpayment on the 37-year-old, who is still one of the best pitchers in the baseball. I'm not taking that away from him. First ballot Hall of Famer. It's just he's literally 37. It was an insane amount of money um for three years. The Like, I get them being like, no, it's cool. We still have all this pitching anyways. So it's just it, it made sense for them to move on and but that trade I think most of that trade really was all about getting um was in fact actually just getting Turner. Before I do want to talk about the Mets, but there is one more yeah. guy who also did pitch for the Mets last year, and that's uh the pride of Milton, uh Rich Hill, aka yep. Dick Mountain, aka Schlong Schlope. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's back. He's back for, is this like his third time here? I read it was like his fourth stint or something like, like that. Something, wild. something like he has had a lot of stints with the Red Sox. He really has like, and I'm all for it. And he's, he's home. Um, I remember when he was a Cubs pitcher and like, he was pretty, he was kind of like, they thought he was going to be like this big stud, you know? Oh, I also do love how it says Dick Mountain on, I don't know if you can see it, on Wikipedia. It's like nicknamed <laughs> Dick Mountain. <laughs> like, literally. I, I hope that that stays forever, because that should be his name. That should just be on his birth certificate at this point. Yeah, so this will be his third trip to Boston. In 2010-2012, uh, then 2015, and then now in 2022. Oh, my God. Perfect fit as far as I'm concerned. I want to know how, did it pain him to put on pinstripes in 2014? I know you do what you got to do to stay in Major League Baseball, but oh, gosh. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think think it bothered Jacoby Ellsbury much. I don't think it bothered Wade Boggs at all. Well, just, well, Rich Hill being from Boston and growing (laughs) up a Red Sox fan. The other guys, that was just money-grubbing whores. (laughs) I don't know. I think like for me, if uh, just just playing baseball, I'd be pretty content. I could I I could play for the Yankees. I'm just saying, I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> You're like if they're paying me, you know. Yeah, I get to I get to get paid to play baseball. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Rich Hill is is back, and he's 41 years old, and. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm ex- like it's depth. Like you're just adding to, and you're adding le- lefty depth. Like, give me all the lefties. I wonder if like where they're going to use him though, because I conceivably I would expect him to be in the like right now. If you were to slot him in, he'd be like my number three or my number four guy in this rotation. Yeah, so it'll be interesting if they add one more. Whether at, at this point uh, I see it as a trade because who else is really out there? You're not going to get Clayton Kershaw. He's either going to Texas or he's going back to LA. Um, and do you really want to risk Rodon if we're talking about injuries? Like, I don't want Rodon, no. But I look at yeah. a guy like you say Kikuchi, and I could see him because uh, theoretically being able to put up Iraq numbers, which is what you're looking for right now. Yeah, right? you're looking for a solid three replacement. And do you, or do you think or do you take a um, like a flyer out on, you know, what is it like Oakland and uh, Cincinnati saying that they're willing to trade. You're not going to get Castillo because it's going to cost you way too much in prospects. But do you get like a uh, like a Sunny Gray? Like do you, uh, do you go out and get a Sunny Gray? I want Chris Bassett so badly. Yeah, but he I don't would... know. Is Bassett going to Bassett's also older than I thought he was. 
Ah, but it's when a one-year deal. So if he doesn't, uh, you know, yeah, you trade yeah. a Bobby Dalbeck, you trade a Jared Duran. I feel like Duran and Dalbeck are very quickly becoming the Red Sox equivalent of Frazier and Andujar. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll, like, we'll oh, just put them together player. to get this great player. Be <laughs> my Trout. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna just give the two of them. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I, I, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they do make a trade. Yeah, Bassett's good. Sonny Gray. I mean, I've always just really liked Sonny Gray, and I thought that you know he got fucked over in New York. I think he can pitch in a in a in a different market. I think the he just didn't gel at all with the pitching coach. So like, give me some Sonny Gray. I don't know. I just love him. <laughs> I could see, I could see that being conceived. I don't think Castillo's in the cards. I think he's no. a little too. Uh, so if I'm the Mets, why would you trade him? No shit. Why would you trade any of them really? Like you have like, actually some pretty good pitching there. Yeah. Like they've got, like they've got, but then again, they gave away Wade Miley, who yeah, literally gave him away last year. Yeah. So who the hell knows what's going on in Cincinnati? And if they want to give us somebody, or like you say, if Bassett or Manaya, I'm not huge on Manaya. What like, about Bob? Yeah, that's true too. Like they, there's just really good pitching in both Oakland and in Cincinnati as well. And if they're willing, unlike you know the Marlins aren't willing, and I don't, I don't blame Kim for not doing that because like I too would hoard the amazing arms that I have there. And then she just gave that contract to Alcantara. So that was a great that. Oh my yeah, god! What a steal! What a freaking steal! What a wizard! <laughs> Some of these deals, like um, Discalfani got a great deal, too, for, like, a very team-friendly deal from the Giants. Yeah, some people are just willing to take them. Others are not. Um, So, yeah, I think it's going to be a trade, though. I think they'll trade for somebody who's going to slide into, like, a number three. So then if that happens, let's let's say it does. (laughs) You have Sale... You have Vivaldi. You have the person that's going to slide in at three. And then do you do Pavetta and Hill? Are those that's your five? That's what I do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before, like, on Twitter. But I don't think Tanner Houck is going to stay as a starter. I think he he's – yeah. but I think that he could be, like, Josh, like a right-handed Josh Hader in the bullpen. I think, he's that, I think he's that good in small doses. Yeah, um, no, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. And I think it's just been the lack of the proving of that third pitch, really. Uh, whereas somebody like Whitlock, which I don't I don't necessarily, with the way they're hoarding these starters, I think that their plan is Whitlock in the pen, at least for 2022. And it could change in the future because, like, that guy has a way stronger arsenal as a potential starter than anything that Hauk has. But if you can have the two of them in the pen for 2022, like, holy shit. And you have to do less work in the off season for getting um, people to come in, uh, you know, to help you in your bullpen too. If you already have two of those guys in it, it's a good problem to have. It really is. Um, You know, whose uh, team building has been fascinating though, to watch Uh, the saga of the New York Mets is just it's like George Steinbrenner's been reincarnated and he's going to fire uh, Billy Epler like six times and then rehire him. Yeah, and and that yeah, and and just in Queens now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, just switch switch leagues, switch uh switch yeah. stadiums, but it's the same guy. Like that is Cohen is basically Steinbrenner if he had access to Twitter. Right. Yeah, imagine if Steinbrenner had Twitter like holy shit, it would have been insane what that guy would tweet out. I would bet you buddy he would have fired Billy Martin over Twitter. Probably, (laughs) yeah. You're you're done for the eighteenth time. 
get off my team. And then I'm going to rehire you because I realized there's nobody better uh, than you at your job. But for sure, it's crazy. It's like they gave what, like three years, was $130 million to Max Scherzer? Yep. Yep, he's 37 years old, guys. Like in his prime, he signed a 200, 210 million dollar contract, and then he just follows it up at the age of 37 with 130 million. And no, Trevor Bauer, as much as he and his agent would like to think so, did not set the market for Max oh Scherzer. God. I hate that I was literally thinking about that because I don't like Rachel Luba living rent free in my head. Yeah, yeah. But I. I you have you're not a super agent. You have one client. I'm and so also, have and like but, what makes you think that the, one of the best pitchers in baseball, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, needed your little guy to go out there and get forty? And also, did you think Max Scherzer at age thirty-seven was getting a seven-year deal? He got three only because he's Max Scherzer and he's been insane into his age thirty-seven season. Yeah. Oh, I mean two. To her credit, the Mets do not get Max Scherzer without Trevor Bauer. That because is a Trevor good point. Bauer <laughs> fucked over the Mets last year. Yep. And then, because he has, listen, like, I'm not going to make any judgment on whether or not he's going to jail. I have no idea what's going to happen there. But you can't tell me the guy doesn't have the impulse control of a five year old. Oh, he clearly, maybe less than a five year old. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like, he. <laughs> He's like there is nobody with worse impulse control than him, and I can cite a lot of examples between hurting his hand uh, with like playing with a drone, according mm-hmm. to him, prior to the World Series, throwing that ball in when he was with Cleveland in a fit of rage, oh, uh, sending that woman to uh to the hospital mm-hmm. during what he claims was rough sex. Like there's. <sighs> there's a lot wrong with Trevor Bauer. There's a and... lot wrong with Trevor Bauer. But if he hadn't gotten himself suspended in 2020, they don't have to pick up the, they don't have to pick Scherzer up, and they're not weighed down by his contract. Yep. The Mets never the Mets never get him because they, you know what I mean? Like they, the Dodgers could either afford him or they never would have traded for him. Someone else would have gotten him. Yeah, and I, it, it's still wild to me that like I thought for sure he was going to stay in L.A. Mainly because apparently at the trade deadline, he only wanted to go to, like, West Coast teams. And I don't necessarily know why. And then he just signs three years to go to Queens, which that's fine. You can literally go anywhere. You're you're obviously a free agent. But I just found it kind of strange that it was can like. You, eh. Can you imagine what the meeting between Scherzer and Cohen was like? Because honestly, I just, you ever see, oh, God, what was the name of the movie? Eyes Wide Shut? Oh, my God. I just imagine, like, Cohen is, like, constantly having these, like, ridiculous, like, millionaire orgies and, like... like, You must wear this mask. So, like, here, put this on. Which one do you want, Max? But then, except for Max Scherzer, we know your eyes, so we know what you... It's, like, very obvious. He's, like, wearing sunglasses to cover this up. Right? Why is that one person wearing sunglasses? Oh, because he has mysterious eyes. But those eyes are going to Queens. (laughs) I could just see, like, Max Scherzer having, like, a tattoo of, like, his own face or something on his back, and so everybody <laughs> really knows it's him. <laughs> it's really me. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, money money talks, and it definitely talked when it came to this. Like, that is an insane amount of money. And he's still, we found out that he's still making money from the Washington deal. So it's going to average, he's going to be, like, $58 million to, like, pitch next season. 
And Could we agree that Max Scherzer's agent is better than Rachel Luba? Yes, yes. I think so. Because, yeah, like you said, Rachel Luba has... And I'm all about helping your friends if you're a good person. Like, the idea of, like, potential... Like, if, if he were a good person and he was just really like, oh, I want to champion women, which clearly he doesn't like to do. But if it's like, I want to champion women, I want to champion my friend who's really trying to make a name for herself in this industry, I'll be your client. Like, on the outside, that looks really cool. But it just... Inwardly, these are just do not seem like good people. <laughs> No, you know? no. It's just like the, it's the whole, they're just so, like, antagonistic of everybody. They're very it's defensive. It's like not just, that, that just, it's like, it's basically either suck my dick or like, or like, fuck you. And, yeah, you know, like, that works for, I'm sure that that works well for Bauer as a pitcher, who you kind of have to have that attitude. Yes. But, like, as a human being, mm-hmm. I would, I would, I don't want to hang out with somebody like that like that's not fun yeah absolutely so yeah but yeah so because of that because of fucking over the Mets the Mets now have a one-two punch of fucking DeGrom and Scherzer if they don't win that division like if everybody stays healthy and they don't win that division it's like okay I don't know how you lost it because it's a fucking easy division to win even if the defending champions are in it they can the Mets can still win it so I think the Mets absolutely can still can win it I don't think it's as guaranteed, though, as uh, as that. Now, they did make some other acquisitions, too, that were pretty... Uh, they started with uh, Eduardo Escobar. This was after Stephen Matz said, ah, I'm not going to go there. Oh, and I love over- how pissed Cohen was. I... It's just so fucking funny that it's like the equivalent of like your possibly racist uncle getting a base getting a baseball team. Yeah. Like that's what Stephen Cohen is, and it's like it's just so entertaining, and yeah, I would was, love yeah. to be a Mets fan right now. It would be great. Yeah, and we were talking about this when I was on Pesky about the idea of Cohen like being like this guy is so rich that this is literally his hobby. Like, yep. this isn't his bit, and because people are like, oh, he's running it like this. He's running it like a freaking <laughs> fan would. Man, if I had billions, he's the richest owner in Major League Baseball. If I had that kind of money, I'd probably be like, yeah, let's MLB the show this shit out of this. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like, I probably would be. You know? So, just to build on that, it's basically, he got mad at Matt's agent and threw a tantrum. Yeah. And then went inside um, an all-star from last I, I don't know if it was last year, but he's been at all straight. Eduardo Escobar, good, mm-hmm. you know, a decent player. And then Marcana, also Toronto's pretty great. good player. Yeah. Pretty good yeah. player, gets on base. They need outfielders. And then he's, one, one's up that. And I thought this was going to be the big move. And they grabbed Starling Marte, who, great. you know, four years, he'll be 36 at the end of that contract, but still a terrific player. And then Scherzer comes in. And I don't yeah. think they're done. I Probably don't think they're, they're done. I think they're I getting think... another pitcher. I think they're getting another reliever. Um... But I also think the Braves can still beat them, actually. The Braves still have great pitching, especially um, if if Soroka actually comes back and does not blow his ACL for the third time. Like, the thing is that Soroka is the best pitcher they have, and they won a World Series without him. They also won a World Series without uh, Acuna Jr. Like, was arguably the best all-around player in baseball. Yes, yes. So, and, I mean... 
a lot of it hinges on whether or not Freddie Freeman comes back there. I don't think they can win a World Series without him. Yeah, yeah, that they, they, they need to, man. They really, 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 really need to. Because Ed and I were discussing, he can't go to New York. He can't. I just, no. I can't hate. I cannot not like Freddie Freeman. No. He hit a lot of home runs with that short porch. Like he, It would be insane the amount of home runs he would hit if he was went to the Yankees, though. But um, I hope, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that Atlanta hasn't gotten it done already, and that kind of scares me a little bit. You know, for all the people that rage at, like, the Red Sox for not, for, like, trading Mookie or for not extending Devers, that you have a slam-dunk contract there with Freeman, a guy who never gets hurt, has shown that that he's the ultimate brave, and he can't tack, like, basically, he won six years, $180 million, so that's $30 million a year. That's, like, nothing. Worth every penny. Especially if he, he feel like he's the kind of guy that would also say, either backload it or give me a signing bonus so you're not paying paying me 30 a year like honestly 100 million dollars i know he's a little older but like fuck dude 100 million dollars 180 million for freddie freeman and he's a first baseman. the wear and tear isn't gonna like mess up his uh his, his position you know what yeah. i mean like he'll and still if be... we get the universal dh he can just dh yeah. <laughs> and but the braves are like just austin riley had a breakout year mm-hmm. uh Dan p swanson is a home run hitting shortstop who's yeah. also a great fielder and ridiculously yep. hot. That doesn't actually yeah. affect anything. He's just the hottest man. But it's man so true. It's so true. Um, oh, I'd Alves. say it's Chris Bryant for me, but yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I just, it's the hair for me with Swanson. <laughs> You're like the flow. Yeah. I just want to, but I feel like, like it's interesting. My hands through it. A few of the, I feel like that's a look for the Braves. If you really look at them, they have a lot of bearded dudes with longish brown hair. I was like, yeah, it's like a requirement. <laughs> I think some of it is also just my own narcissism because it's like I have brown hair, I have a beard. You're like, Maybe hey, I, could I dance am Swanson dancing Swanson one day. Right? Clearly, you're like, you're like this Clearly. is me. <laughs> but also, like on the Braves, mm-hmm. Ozzy Albie's maybe oh, yeah, the I best second him. baseman no one ever talks about. Yeah, he's like solidly so good. He's like, like, can you imagine if he was in Boston? He'd be like Pedroia here. Yeah, he's so cute, too. Oh, my God, he's so <laughs> tiny. He's so little. I love how cute and tiny he is. But, but yeah, no, there's definitely still so much talent in Atlanta. But, like, you need you need to – like, I can't because everybody's like, oh, the Red Sox didn't sign their superstar. Our superstar was, like, spearheading going to free agency and wanting to be setting the market. And, like, COVID effed that up that he didn't do that. But he was going to do that. So we traded him to get value. And yep. it made sense. Whereas Freddie Freeman literally, like Mookie Betts wanted, Mookie Betts literally in his fantasies, he could have had a, he probably could have had a $400 million contract. We're talking like Mike Trout money. He wanted Mike Trout money. Freddie Freeman doesn't want that. And I don't get why you're not going to give it to him. Like, give it to him, Atlanta. Don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm normally very opposed to like giving those big long-term contracts out, but this is as sure of a thing. This is like, I thought that Texas made a great move in picking up Marcus Simeon on the seven-year contract. I know people are like, oh, he's going to be 38, but he's so consistent. He's He's so so good. That's still a lot of years. (laughs) But, you know, now they also have Corey Seager there, too, for like, what was that, like $325 million? Oh, my God. I'm kind of crazed that he got that kind of money. Like, he's good, but shit. Can you explain to me what the fuck Texas is doing? They got Seager and Simeon. And then they picked up John Gray as, like, their big who Gray's fine, but it's, like, a number you four You need better starter. pitching. You're going to literally be – you're going to do – it. you're doing exactly what 
another team in your division is doing called the Angels. You're just all of you have literally you still have literally no pitching. Are you banking on Jack Leiter? Fuck, dude. What? You need pitching. Exactly. So what are you banking on? Like making these major moves like offensively. Cool. You have literally Simeon and and Seager. What's hilarious, though, is Simeon's a way better shortstop and he's going to be playing second base. Yeah. Like, who is? Seager is a dog shit shortstop. You know, maybe he'll move to first base at some point in the movie. Yeah, and also, what's poor, uh, poor um, Isaiah Kiner Falafa though, who like moved. He wanted Gold Glove at third. They moved him to shortstop. He did fine, and now the guy they're talking about trading him to the Yankees. And... Imagine if the Texas Rangers get who I thought the Yankees were gonna get, and the Yankees get Texas Rangers. Like, oh, by the way, we signed Seeker, so here's our shortstop. You guys can have him. Like. I don't know. Like, I think the the only way the Yankees will salvage their offseason is if they get Correa. You know where I want Correa to sign, though? And it's not Boston. And it's actually not New York. What do you want It's two we were just talking about. I think it would be hilarious if he signed with Texas. <laughs> right? They're like... <laughs> he just signed three of the shortstops. Yeah, I'd be like, don't worry. We're going to figure it out. We'll figure it out on the fly. We are the Texas shortstops now. No, it's yeah. okay, Isaiah. You can stay, too. You're actually our shortstop. We'll move these other guys around. Yeah. Oh, my God. By the way, Trevor's story, you're coming to Texas, too. You're yeah. our center fielder. You can play in the outfield. We believe in you. Jose de Iglesias and left. But we have zero pitching, so we're going to have to score 15 runs a game. Pretty we much. We can, yeah. though. <laughs> I think Kershaw's going to Texas, actually. I think because he's from around there. That seems yeah. like the Dodgers don't seem too too into it. I, they didn't give but, him a call. You know, isn't that kind of fucked up? Like, the guy's been like their stalwart pitcher. The guy's first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the same reputation-wise. He's honestly statistically better than Verlander. He's better than Scherzer. Like, Kershaw, yeah. if you look at his numbers, he's just had more injury issues. That's the problem is that he's 34 and it's it's really about durability issues. He's Sandy Koufax. He's yeah. the Sandy Koufax to Justin Verlander's Tom Seaver. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, who we had. We had some great we had some great ones to watch. But yeah, no, for sure because he is he's younger by at least three years to Verlander and uh, Scherzer too. I think maybe even four because I think Verlander's 38. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking. You know, it would be the most Mets thing to ever happen. If sure, and I, I do not wish this to happen. But if Scherzer got hurt like right away, would that not be the most Mets thing you've ever heard of? Exactly. I don't. I, exactly. I'm with you. Don't want him to get hurt. Love him. But yes. Oh my God. Like, well, like isn't what happened to Bauer kind of what you would have expected if he had gone to the Mets, but not the Dodgers? Yes. Oh my God. Because. Oh my God. Yes. Like it literally, they signed him to this mega like deal and then he just immediately fucks it up. Imagine like the thing with Trevor Bauer is Trevor Bauer fucked himself. Yep. Like nobody fucked Trevor Bauer over, but Trevor Bauer. Trevor and that's Bauer, it does, it does sound like he did. He did most of the fucking in this scenario. Yeah. He, uh, he does not seem as if he would ever be into being the submissive in this. Yeah. This no, scenario. he's yes. I know it's not actually funny, but, like, uh, I... Yeah. We had a... Because it's such a... Ugh. But, yeah. So, like, nobody to blame but yourself. But then again, you're uh, a cis, straight, white dude that's making $40 million a year. And you're probably going to pitch next year. Because we just saw Marcelo Zuna only get 20 games for and literally choking. Video. 
after yeah, the video. There's evidence of him literally choking out his wife, but he's only getting 20 game suspension. Isn't that a crime though? Like, isn't that like, is it should he be in jail for that? Yeah. I know like, they both went to jail, like he and his wife, because I love when people were trying to validate what he did by, oh, his wife attacked him too. Oh, fuck you. I, you know, like it. No, domestic domestic violence can absolutely happen absolutely. both ways. You know, but that doesn't validate choking the person out. Like, no, no. Even if, if she's that, hitting like, you, oh well, it's okay. She hit me first, so I'm just gonna like be what six foot four and outweigh her by 150 pounds and choke yeah. her out. Yeah, right. It's like it's literally like the equivalent of somebody like shoving you, so you pull out a gun and shoot them. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's why I'm not going to be able to. I could totally root for Atlanta this season because he wasn't there. I'm not going to be able to root for Atlanta uh, next year. If Freddie Freeman's not on the team, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> but I, it's hard for me to root against Freddie. God, he, he can't go to the Yankees. Like, yeah, no, he can't. <sighs> I, no, the Yankees can't get either Correa or him, and they just can't get Correa because I just don't think it's funny. Like, I don't need, I mean, I like, if they don't get a big shortstop, I'm just going to find it hilarious. Oh, but what if Corey gets hurt from, like, another massage or something? Like, the, the meltdown Yankee fans are going to have over that. Because you know oh. he's not going to be a shortstop when he's in, like, the third year of that deal and the fourth year of that deal. Like, he's just not durable. Yeah, but he's, he's still such strange. a, when healthy, he's such a good shortstop. Though. Oh, yeah. No, it's but. insane. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. So it's like we still have. So, yeah, we talk about how the offseason was moving so quickly, but like still the big guys, like the big, big, big guys still haven't really signed. The biggest guy to sign was Seeger, really, of the, the top tier. Um, yeah. But even the Seager bigger dogs. Seeger, Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scherzer, too. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, no, it, they're still. Freddie Freeman's still out yeah. there. Freeman's. Gray is. Yep. Yep. Who else? Uh yeah, so him, Korea, who else is out there that's like like pretty big? Um, well, also if you're going a little smaller, like pitching wise, like Rodon's still out there. Wait, wait, you're forgetting Chris Bryant? Oh my God, I am forgetting my my love. It's just because like I just I want him, but I know it's not gonna happen. So I just want to like forget uh, about it. <laughs> me, but Nick, I, uh, Nick Castellanos. Oh yeah, Castellanos is still out there too. You're right. Um, Castellanos would. I mean, the only problem is like. The outfield would take a, a hit again yet defensively because Castellanos is literally JD, mini JD on so many fronts. And uh, that, I think Schwarber's coming back. I think they're going to put Schwarber in left and Verdugo left. in right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the real question is whether or not, like, I can't have Jackie Bradley Jr. every day in my lineup. I really no. can't. No, you, so could, then, you can stick him in right field as a defensive replacement at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, so which, then you know, is it Kike or do you bring in uh, a Seiya Suzuki who I've been – Oh my God, I would, I would be so excited to have Seiya Suzuki come in. What a, what a stud. That would be like having, that'd be a good outfield. Yeah. And that'd be such a good outfield because then I'm not really sure. Like I would still, I would put Kike in center if, if, uh, if this is the scenario Uh, to me, Verdugo can play either, either corner. But so like the, the question is, do you do a Seiya Suzuki instead of a Schwarber or do you then put Schwarber at first? And then you've used Dahlbeck in a trade and you just say, fuck it. We'll put him on first. We'll see how it goes for a year. And then he transitions to DH in 2023. That's so there are a lot of good questions there. Um, and I think that that this is sort of what Bloom likes to do with his teams where there's um, 
there's a degree of versatility where you can stick guys in a lot yeah. of different positions. Actually, um, if I were building a team, which um, I think I would. Honestly, I would go with the Suzuki move, and people aren't going to like that because they love Schwarber. But mm-hmm. and I, I find Schwarber coming back. Don't get me wrong, but I think you get Suzuki, you get an above-average fielder in right. You keep Verdugo in left, where he's yep. clearly best suited, and then you can use Hernandez in center and have uh, Bradley as your as your fourth outfielder. That's a pretty then, strong defensive outfield. Yeah, because Verdugo not, in left is fine, more than fine. Yeah, oh yeah, the short wall kind of helps. He's got a good arm, too, I yeah. think that. It's, uh, he just has weird instincts, you know, he takes weird routes. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the, like, I can't, he's getting older, so you can't say, oh, it's because he's young. But, yeah. like, yeah, those are things you've got to, like, you'd be like, oh, why'd you do that type thing? Like, a stupid, a young, stupid move. Like, you're better than that. But there also isn't any reason that they can't... I mean, here's the thing. If you can move... If you bring in Schwarber and you bring in Suzuki, right? Mm-hmm. You have Schwarber in left, Suzuki in right. Could you get away with putting Verdugo in center and having Jackie as his backup? And then moving Kike to second base? <sighs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I 100% uh, see where you're going with that. I do, and it's so weird. And I think it's what you were saying. It's the routes he takes. It's not his arm. It's not his speed. It's, it's so do you bring in Jackie Bradley Jr. to help him? Too like nobody knows center field at Fenway better than Jackie Bradley Jr. True, but I mean, just Bradley. Bradley has intangibles there. Bradley is Bradley is the single best center fielder I have seen in my lifetime, and we've seen a lot of good center fielders in the American League East. You know, yeah. like Kiermaier is awesome. Yeah, Adam Jones was terrific um, when he was younger. Um, there are other ones. Cedric Mullins recently, really good fielder out there. Uh, you know, there are just some stupendous center fielders we've seen. And Bradley is Bradley is like on another level. Yeah. So it's 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 just really, man, if he could hit, holy shit. <laughs> like that'd be it. If he could just hit consistently. I remember going to I, I saw him play at a couple of games. Remember when he won on that like twenty six game hit streak? Oh my god, yeah, it was insane. Like such a streaky hitter. How does that happen with him? How does he get locked in like that? Because what he I gets heard was so that he, hot and so cold. I forget who it was that I heard this from, but I guess, like, he doesn't really like listening to hitting coaches, was what I heard. He's very much, like, an instinctual hitter. Uh, maybe you should listen better, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, don't quote me on Yeah, that. oh, of I, course. It could be true, it could not us. be, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because it's so hot. He can go so hot and look like the best hitter on the planet and then be so cold. And that's, I think that's what... That's what really got me, because the, the cold streaks were so prolonged. They really were. So, and then even, even when he won the ALCS MVP, he had, like, a total of three hits. They were clutch, thank you. We don't win without those clutch hits. But it was, like, three hits in the whole series. So, it's just wild to me. It really is. He's, like, this this wild thing that I thought I was done with, and he's back in, again, the boy is back in my life. Uh. <laughs> But, you know, maybe he'll win your heart back this time, too, you know, maybe. I mean, he can't do any worse than he was last year. This is very true. But the, yeah, this is very true. The question is, uh, what number is he going to be? Is he going to get his 19 back? Who has, does somebody have 19 now? Did somebody have 19 now? Because if not, because I remember it was weird. He was like, 
25 for the longest time and then transitioned to like 19. But I was like, you already had like a normal number for so long. This is like the strangest thing to me. Oh, you know who's 19? Oh, I know exactly yeah. who's 19. And it's because of Koji. Um, uh, Sal- oh, Sal- yeah, so I don't think he's going to get 19 back. So he's going to go to 25. It's <laughs> a good question. How do you generally feel about players coming back um, after they've left the team? Because we just had we had two of those happen yesterday, Rich Hill yeah, and, of course, him. Jackie. If it's somebody that, like, I, I like, again, like Jackie Bradley Jr. as a person, seems like an incredible human being. Um, want th- want that kind and like everybody says I want that in the clubhouse because everybody loves Jackie Bradley Jr. So I'm excited about that. So if it's somebody that like I really love, like yeah, I'm like yes, come back, come back. So my favorite players growing up: Nomar Garcia Para, Bronson Arroyo, mm-hmm. Kevin Euclides. And So three bad breakups with the rest. <laughs> I I didn't think of it as breakups. I thought of it more like uh, your heroes dying. Uh, yeah, was sort of so. They, and if any of them had come back, oh my god, it would have been like a, a family member that I looked up to coming back from the dead. You know, like yeah, I you're back. Yeah, I would have been. I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. I would have been so. And I always thought that was going to happen with Nomar. I thought they'd bring him back for the last season. They and I know they brought. Have, like, Little thing, right? It was like they let him retire with the socks on a mic, but that's not the same thing. I thought when he went to Oakland, I thought that year they had an opening for like a utility guy, and I think Nick Green ended up getting it instead. And I, it was, it was You're disappointing. Like, oh, I won. Yeah, no, for sure. So I think it's like, yeah, for sure. There's sort of that nostalgia. Like, had this been someone that I was like totally obsessed with, like I would have been like super into it. Like when like Gabe, my, my Gabe had two different stints with the Red Sox. So like getting my man back, like, and talk about a man who had multiple numbers, number 44 and 19 with the Red Sox. Wow, so 19 holds, well, 19 holds a special place in this lady's heart. I have both jerseys. I have the 44 and that's, I have the 19. That's awesome. Honestly, like love for that. me, I love I love Kapler because he was a, a Jewish American player, you know, we didn't and very too proud many about being Jewish. Too. Yeah, no, like the only guy that we really have like that now is like Ryan LaVarnway, you know, like you don't see too many. Uh, yeah, who are. Yeah, we're like really in, into it. And, you know, it's not like it's not like it's the be all end all or anything like that. But, you know, like when you were a kid and there aren't any players that really like uh, represent a lot you. like you. Yeah, exactly. It's like anything. Not so much Nomar. Nomar had a big nose, and I have a big nose, so I think I related to him with that. Yeah, but you were like... I, I remember, like, when I found out Euclid was Jewish, though, that, like, was, like, a real, like, oh, really? He's like me. Jewish? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, too, because I never really got into Ian Kinsley. I think when I got older, it, like, stopped mattering as much. But with Kapler, I, like, he, it's like you said, he was really proud of that fact. Yes. He's very, very proud about being Jewish. Um, and he's just a straight babe, and I met him. And oh, you did? I didn't know that. Oh my god, yes. Uh, I met him at Fenway, and I was like 16, and I was like, Oh, be cool, be cool, be cool. Like, that and Mike Lowell, you have all these connections. Oh my god, that the Mike Lowell tweet, I will never get over because I wrote that when like super drunk one night, I was just getting so (laughs) nostalgic. I was watching like 07 videos. I love Mike Lowell. I want to name my future son Lowell. I need to have a son. <laughs> like, 
um, and name him Lowell. Um, but yeah, but the fact that Mike Lowell like responded when I didn't even like I didn't even tag Mike Lowell in it. Like so he was like on Twitter searching his name. So that's baller, Mike Lowell. That's, love you. <laughs> I love baseball. I really yeah, do. Like it's and it it, it it's so it, it's just like you know, I turned on MLB.com this morning, like I always do. And they've erased all of the oh, players from it. There are no articles about actual baseball. I mean, I think it's I think it's part of somebody pointed out to me that it's because of the CBL, but it looks petty. It you does know? look petty. Yeah. It just it looks petty, and it's just like you know, like the Dominican League stuff that's still going on and all of this, but it's just not the same. It's just like having this this void ripped out, and that's what I think. I think that, like, we as fans, it's much, it's very easy for us to take the player side with that. And oh, of course. At, and I'm, this actually isn't building towards the defense of the owners, because I think that it's just complete pettiness on their end. But I think it's easy to root for the players, too, because, you know, they're the ones that we're seeing do this. They're the ones that, it's like, you know, Green Bay is, uh, the Green Bay Packers are like, uh, like they're owned by the community. And that's, I think, people kind of. Oh, that's interesting. That root for the teams. Like, that's what I feel like as fans, that's what ultimately we want for our teams, you know, that, they, that they'd that they be fan controlled so we don't have to deal with this. Yeah. This and comics of it. And baseball. And then, like, Manfred, like, did you see, like, the, like, when he came out with the, pretty much blaming the players union? What a for, piece, like. Nobody, look, read the room. Read the room, jackass. Like, my God, he is such dog shit at his job. Like, 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 I know a lot of football players bitch about Goodell, but that's a lot of, like, Patriot fans bitching about Goodell more than, like, maybe Goodell's the... A, Goodell's an asshole, but, yeah. I mean, this is, like, he makes Goodell look good, you know? Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, Manfred is such shit at his job. Like, what does it take... Like, I'm not really too too sure on, like, how what his term is. Like, is it, like, the president four years, like, type thing? Or, like, uh, I'm not sure how it's you... kind of indifference until the guy decides. Remember Bud Selig? Yeah, oh, for years. So, I guess, he got like, a lot of shit. I didn't hate Selig, though. No, the people really shit on Selig because Selig, like, in let steroids run rampant and then was like, oh, no, this is a problem. Now we need to, like, chastise all these people when you like commended these people for like bringing back baseball and sort of like looking the other ways. That's I think where a lot of hate comes from. That sounds familiar. That sounds a little bit like what happened last year with the, uh, with the uh, doctored balls and the sticky substance and that happening in the middle. Like, how do you fuck up the PR on that worse than ceiling did with steroids? I like, how, yeah, how do you allow it to come out that you said, oh, yeah, by the way, we, like, switched the balls mid-season. Whoops. Oh, <laughs> It wasn't whoops. Like, it was like, yeah, no, we did that. It was pretty cool, too. Right. It's like, like, I remember when people were like, oh, man, the, no no balls were more juiced than when, like, the Red Sox played in London against the Yankees. I mean, that was like, pretty fun, at least. Yeah, everybody was just like mashing him out of that out of that stadium. Or, I just remember it was like Porcello against Tanaka, and like they were both just getting their asses absolutely lit up. The best pitcher for both teams, and I honestly like I don't know, like I don't get me wrong, I like to see home runs, but I, you know it's better than a than a home run derby game, a pitcher's duel. Oh, I know, I love a good pitcher's duel. I get nervous in them though because I'm like I want to win this game, <laughs> like. Make the ball dead again. 
Yeah. It's like, or at least give me that one run and I'm like leading it, but it's like still a pitcher's duel pretty much. I'm like, all right, I can get down for this. Oh my God. You should have seen me during the playoffs against the, uh, uh, the race. Uh, my girlfriend can attest to this. Whatever. So whatever the Red Sox were batting, and this was like that time when they, the race kept on tying it up and stuff. Ugh. Whenever the Red Sox were batting, I would like abandon my computer and like go into the exact same standing position and like move rhythmically each time and then get runs get runs exactly but then when the race were pitching because i'm on fubo i was like spoiling it for myself on the computer so if they did give up runs i wouldn't have to see it oh i i do that too because i i don't have fubo but i have mlb.tv and there's still a delay on that too so i'll like check and be like dude did they give up any runs like like and i'll be like okay because I know I'm going to get mad if I see it, like, you know. Do you have any predictions as far as the lockout with, like, how long it's going to last? Oh, my God. I'm hoping that it's something that they can, I don't know, come to an ag- agreement on multitude of things. Like, there's so many things. Like, is, you know, the, from the idea of, like, is the salary, like, you know, is the lux tax going to go a little higher? Or are we going to get a floor? Uh, are we going to get a universal DH? So there's so many things that sort of have to be talked through. But, man, I'm really hoping that it it doesn't take long. I really don't have a guess on a judgment. Like, is it going to take, like, three weeks? It's going to take three months. It's going to take six months. I would love if it could get wrapped up in, like, a couple of months. But, again, we're talking about millionaires and billionaires fighting over a lot of things. But it's not even just the money. It's, like... These these players are fighting for not just their own security, but like the security of the people that are like below them, sort of. It's like I have to, you know, do this because like we're not going to do this. The perfect example is that um, my friend works for um, uh, the gentleman that wrote the latest uh, movie uh, Jungle Cruise, and the because of the pandemic this was also a big issue that was brought up with um with black widow and with scarlett johansson was that when it went to disney plus disney and marvel are making money out the ass from that and nobody's seeing that and 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 they and disney came out and said like well it wasn't in your contract so haha we don't have to pay you and then her boss came out and said like hey like i'll write the second jungle cruise for you sure um but I want it in my contract that I'm going to get money from Disney Plus when you put it up on Disney Plus. And they're like, oh, no, we're not doing that because Disney's fucking evil. So he said, fine, I don't have to write the next movie. But he's in this position that he's already made millions of dollars as a screenwriter that he can say no. But he right. said no because he's like he came out and said it's because I know the next writer who needs this job like needs to also be still making money when the giant corporation is making ass loads of money. So that's sort of how I feel with like the players and the players union. Like they're not just fighting for themselves. They're fighting for, you know, the the guys in the minor leagues that make absolute shit. If you're not like a high draft pick who already has a couple million in the bank, you're making like below like minimum wage. Like you're not making a living wage in the minors. So it's like they're fighting. I feel like they're fighting for the little guy versus these guys that are billionaires. Like Cohen has Cohen wipes his ass with $45 million that he like gave to Max Scherzer. Like that he can like, it's insane how much, like I got to see exactly how much he is worth. It's it's amazing when you could essentially afford to pay people millions of dollars to be like your IRL fantasy team, your IRL uh, MLB the show. 
Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. No, I'm just trying to see exactly how much Cohen's worth. It's not telling me. But anyways, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I'll find it eventually. So there is, there's a ball player that I met back in January 2014. Uh, his name is uh, Jeff, Bahamaru, Jeff Bahamaru. He pitched for the, um, for the White Sox uh, for like one season, blew out his arm. Story that happens to a lot of people. Mm. Um, he was on one of the Ozzy Guillen teams. I want to say it was 2005, but it might have been earlier than that. Uh, but when I was asking him about, you know, like, hey, so what was it like in the minors? There were yeah. a couple of things that really stand out to me uh, with what he said. The first was when they'd stay in hotels, they'd be staying in, like, days inns and stuff like that. And there was supposed yeah. to be a continental breakfast there. And they'd never actually be able to get the continental breakfast. So what Jeff and his buddies on the team would do, there was like the bar there and they would crawl under it and just take as much of the cereal as they could with them. Oh my God. Yeah, that's awful. I I know now that you say that, it's interesting because in Pawtucket, when they used to be the Pawtucket Red Sox, there yeah. was a Comfort Inn and it was like the, the Comfort Inn's like the only hotel in Pawtucket. It's actually where the visiting players stayed. Like right. I saw them, like this is like 16 year old me being like, oh, there's all these cute baseball players around. Cause we would go right. every year right. and we would stay at that Comfort Inn when we went to Pawtucket. So you're right. They're staying at budget hotels, legit budget hotels, nice enough. And like right. you say, Continental Breakfast, if they give it to you. But yeah, right. they're in budget hotels. But. And the other thing with the living space there, and this is the story that to me is still like the most batshit thing that he, he told me about this. It was like a two hour conversation. Um, so I think he was, he said he was Tucson. And I don't know if you've been to like that part. I guess you live out there. So have you, have you ever been to Tucson? I've actually never been to Arizona. Like I've flown over it. Live never in Southern California. It is not that far away. I know it's not that far. It's just like never. And I've always wanted to, I want to go to Phoenix. Like I want to yeah. go. A Chase Field, for sure. So it would be something, but I've never been. But, um, so Tucson is, uh, to put it uh, bluntly, the rest of Arizona looks down on Tucson. Uh, (laughs) We used to have a joke about building the wall, and the wall was just going to be around Tucson and nothing else. Um, But anyway, he was looking for a place to live in Tucson, and the first day that he moves there, um, he's waiting, like, out in his car, and he sees this very angry guy go into the apartment building, and it's not like the same. It's, it's the same building that he's in, not the same apartment, but the mm. same building. And there's a gunshot, and this guy comes storming oh, out. And what? I'm. This is not. He. I have the transcript of this somewhere, and I'd have to. Mm. I'd have to go over it to, for the verbatim. Mm. But basically, he had to testify as a witness for this guy shooting his girlfriend his first night. Welcome to Tucson. <laughs> Welcome to Tucson. But, you know, he had to do all this stuff by himself. He had to go find the place and go through all of that. And you don't think that for professional athletes that they have to – you would think that the team would be able to either put them up somewhere or give them some kind of support, not make their guys go to some, like, seedy neighborhood to find a place to live for, like – a few months it's so crazy because like you you wouldn't think that or something like that but then it's so interesting in like the the film and tv industry too it's like you know the person that like is the head of marvel now like had to start out shoveling shit as like an assistant which i think is interesting because like some people get their big breaks and don't have to go through like the shoveling of the shit but kevin feige who's the head of marvel had to shovel the shit for quite a while before he became you know the head of marvel so like even it's interesting that like 
you have to take these shit jobs to eventually get to like the great job. Like the perfect example is like with, with acting, you get like these shit jobs, but then once you're like established, (coughs) you're in SAG, um, you have to, they have to fly you first class. So it's like, once you get over that hurdle, like you have to get over that hurdle, then things are great. But it's like the fact that like nobody is taking care of, especially with like major league baseball as like a, as an organization that they're like so separated from minor league baseball that they're not even helping their prospects. It's, and that's where it sort of feels a little fucked up to me. And yes. there is that comparison to, um, to a lot of different social issues that I don't really want to explore too deeply on like a sports show but basically it's like just because you had to deal with that with all that shit you had to eat all of this shit should everybody else have to Mm -hmm. if the if the cycle was broken and you have the ability to fix it should you or do you just say well fuck you i had to do it didn't someone say that didn't like i think somebody had exposed like oh this is the shitty food that we have to eat as a minor leaguer and didn't some like major leaguer come out and be like i ate worse than that shit you should be grateful you're getting that shit and i'm like why are you being a dickhead like help these kids literally like you could go to a sports camp and they would give you like actual food Food. you know what i mean like yes you're paying them to do it but like you know like it's part of your if your job is to be a baseball player, you should at least be getting compensated enough to have, like, a reasonable meal. Yeah. Yeah, not, like, a a, a cheese sandwich that's literally, like, a piece of cheese, and there's not yeah. even, like, lunch meat in it. It's I just... hate that I would probably actually enjoy that as a lunch, but... <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is a great lunch. I don't know why I you guys... like, wow, we're spoiled here, guys! Yeah, look at this cheese sandwich! Forever. But there's it's... real bread on this! Right? This is great. But the, the problem is that they're not taking care of them. And, like, that's an issue. So that's why when there's this idea of this lockout, I'm, like, like I'm going to always be on the player side, even though you look at Max Scherzer making $45 million. But then you look at that. I looked it up. Steve Cohen's worth $13 billion. That is a stone in the billion. That is That is nothing. Max Scherzer is insanely wealthy. He can't even like come close to the wealth of Steve Cohen. No it's, wonder he like he doesn't have to treat it like it's a business. It really is just like his hobby. Is, and I think it is. I mean that's some of why like the owners were so hesitant about bringing him into the league too. But hey, at least it's the Mets. The Mets are gonna met no matter what. So Yeah, and I, I just love that like he's living my fantasy. If I was to ever somehow stumble upon thirteen billion dollars, yeah, my first thing would be like, how do I buy the Red Sox and how do I have the best seats for eighty one games? Like, literally. But maybe it's like a Sisyphean torture, though, where, like, he will be constantly trying to win this World Series and throwing money at it, and it'll just oh. never come. That's true, too. Like, that can, especially when we always say Mets kind of met, you know? Oh. They're the Mets, you know? It's not like he bought a, a real baseball team. Yeah. Oh, my God. Poor, poor, poor Mets fans, really. My cousin's Mets fans, and I feel so bad for her. Oh, like, she's to my Uncle Paul. He's a Mets fan. Yeah. It's like, we're sorry, guys. But I hope, like, I was rooting for you in 2015, and then um, I'm still rooting for you guys to have Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom both be healthy for, like, 30 starts. Oh, I do. God. I want it for you. That would be, like, honestly, just for, like, a baseball perspective that would be like the sexiest one-two punch at least of my lifetime my god i wouldn't even like if you're in like i just can't if they're going back to back 
Like, who's... The funny part is, though, that when healthy, DeGrom is better. DeGrom uh, is the ace. DeGrom is emphatically yeah. the ace. No yeah. offense, Scherzer. But Even DeGrom, though Scherzer's getting way more money. <laughs> did you see what DeGrom did last year? I completely missed it. Like, it was just like, how like impressive Pedro it was. level good. It was like Bob Gibson... Like his, it was, I think it was like what, like a 1.08 ERA for half a season? That's ludicrous. Yeah, it's that's, that, that doesn't happen. I need, I really want him healthy because I really want to see what he does, like for next season when completely healthy. Because it's like he's improving. But the thing is, he also sort of got like a later start to his career a bit. You know, he had a Tommy John early on. Yeah. Um. So I really hope that he's at full health and can just go out and I don't know, just. Prove that why he's the best. I mean, they managed him pretty well last year. They didn't force him to pitch through stuff that he shouldn't have, and that's probably why he didn't burn his uh mm. his arm out. Yeah, so hopefully that can be a really lethal. But it's funny because people are always making the the joke now that Garrett Cole is the third best pitcher in New York. <laughs> I mean, where's the lie? No lies. Uh, but I find it hilarious because that was what a hell of a contract that was that the Yankees gave him. Jesus you know. H. That was, I, yeah, that, and they're stuck with that contract for, for quite yep. some time. And but I you think, know what? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just saying. Oh, I was just going to make a stupid joke, so what were you going to no, say? No, no, go ahead. No, I was probably oh. just going to be like, as something as stupid, you know what, it's their problem, not ours, you know? Oh, I was just going to say, he might be the third best pitcher, but he's the best Muppet. That is true. Nobody's better than Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I man. think for his sake, he would have been mentally healthier if he had gone to like the angels he would have been home he wouldn't have had to deal with like yankee fans he wouldn't have to deal with red sox fans he could have just made a shitload of money and just pitched in anaheim i would have been fine i i you know like how is he really going to be that upset by somebody sneaking behind him with a curb at the front doll and i i would only hope not but i love how some yankee fans thought that that was like so disrespectful i'm like it's really funny are you kidding like no I was like, your fans, like, literally got Verdugo, who's, like, the sweetest guy, so heated that he wanted to jump into the bleachers and murder people. And where you're getting mad at us for, like, holding Kermit the Frog while he's throwing his bullpen. I'm fine with heckling as long as it's funny. You know? Yeah. And I, I feel like that's how, like, I, I, I was um, at Worcester. I don't know if um, when I was sitting up on the monster there, like, people were heckling the right fielder, like, left and right. Like, you know, he was having a good time with it because it was just, like... Left hand for blondes, right hand for brunettes, and then Khalil Lee like lifts up, does like a clap with both his hands. It was just like that sort of thing. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, but no, exactly. That, that's fun. That's that's fun when you bring in like sexism, racism, homophobia into these things that people have. That's when it's an issue. <laughs> exactly, and like but also when you throw shit at them. That that true. That as well. Don't throw shit. I mean, how drunk are you that you're like, I'm gonna throw this. <laughs> you think you've got an arm? I've got an arm. Right, so stupid. But yeah, the walkout, it's here. It's its not going away, obviously. We have to wait, and we have to wait to see longer. Because the baseball the baseball offseason is slow as shit anyway, so it was crazy yeah. when we got these flurries. It was of so like... good. And the 2021 season was yeah. so good. And yeah. now, now we're here. So, um, you know, on that depressing note, uh, that's... That is today's episode. We were planning on the um, we we did have a plan to do some shorter episodes, and then it was like this week is just Been this crazy. week was too batshit crazy. We've got to we we're doing a full one, but uh, the next uh, the next 
few, probably going to be a little bit shorter within the half hour, 45 minutes range. And yeah, yeah, especially since we're just in this lockout. So yeah. like, like, what are we going to talk about? Finding things to talk about. Well, we've got some fun ideas that we're going to come up with that we think are going to be a lot of fun. And once again, thank you for everybody that listens to us. Please like us. Please subscribe. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, we love talking baseball. So thank you. Yeah. If you have any ideas for an episode also, like, let oh, us yeah. know. We're not necessarily going to do it, but if you've got a good <laughs> idea, I mean, why the fuck not? Right? Throw, throw it out there. We we love having fun talking about baseball. And, yeah, we'll we'll bring back a bubbly aspect uh, in the future. But this one, we were just like, oh, we just got to talk. And we got to be somewhat much. coherent with it. We are drunk off of our asses on baseball. And I hope this yes. high lasts long enough for the... You know, the lockout to end. How long do you think it's going to last? Uh, yeah. My dream version is that it ends February 1st, and then we okay. get, like, another batch of crazy two weeks before spring training. That would be great. Oh, let's be good let's for hope game. for that. It would be great for the game, but knowing Manfred, um, March 15th. Yeah. <laughs> and then a lot of shit is going to have to happen very quickly. So get ready. Buckle up. Uh, buckle up, baseball fans, because it's coming. <laughs> buckle up, buckaroos. It's off right. season without baseball, but we're still going to be talking baseball. Yeah. So, yeah, we will. Thanks for sticking with us. See you next time.